my sound booth just oh, collapsed. No. <laughs> oh shit! All right, this is gonna be great for the episode. <laughs> <laughs> uh, it was just like it was like watching someone fall in slow motion. I couldn't tell what was going on. Oh my gosh, the whole thing fell in slow motion. <laughs> honestly. So, oh my gosh, I do. I need to do something because I'm gonna break. Something's gonna break. Welcome to the React Native Nerds podcast. I'm Spencer. And I'm John. Join us as we dive into topics you need to know about to become a better developer. Hey, welcome to React Native Nerds, episode number 10. I am Jonathan Wheat, and with me always is Spencer Carley. We made it to 10, Spencer. That's crazy. And uh, last episode, yeah, last episode I paused to thank the listeners because uh, they helped us cross 1,000 downloads. We got a cool little badge from... (laughs) um, pod bean i thought that was kind of neat nice and uh this week i want to take a second and just mention that we made it to double digits we made it to 10 episodes 10 weeks two and a half months that that i think shows commitment to something right i know yeah and and you crazy listeners there we're close to 1500 downloads now so wow that's kind of cool that's amazing so thanks for teaming up with me on this yeah for sure thanks for like taking the lead on it and uh editing all these episodes because i know if if i had to edit them everyone just so everyone knows like they would not be nearly as nice. When I edit things, it's like, ooh, I see, I see a blank little spot. I'll just cut that out. I don't. I rarely actually listen through anything through its entirety. So I appreciate your attention to detail and uh, editing all of these things and just getting it all together. Oh well, I appreciate that. And uh, let me just tell you, editing these ten or nine episodes so far, I realized that I hate how I talk. <laughs> And uh, I, I know all these little idiosyncrasies that I do that drive me up a wall, and I can spot the little waveforms when I do them. <laughs> I have a little post-it note here that says, don't say and, <laughs> like drag that out. Don't say um. Yeah, it's crazy. It's just nuts. And then I get all inside my head, and I don't know what to say, period. Right. So I apologize, listeners. Just this, this podcast actually sounds amazing on like 1.5 or 1.65 so speed it up mm. and it sounds really really good <laughs> so there's there's a pro tip yeah I, I haven't made it up past 1.5 on anything yet I, I start losing comprehension comprehension at that point but it, it does sound really good it really flows well nice and maybe that's just because i listen to them quickly i listen to just about every podcast i listen to very fast okay and i mean not very fast i know there's people out there that can do two and i can't yeah i'm not there i'm probably at like one six maybe one seven on a couple of them but uh for the most part yeah they're pretty quick and i like that because i can consume everything fairly quickly Mm -hmm. and if i miss something i can go back and listen to it again yep definitely yeah so today we're going to be talking about the newest release in react native version 0.63 it was released on july 6th today's july 20th it's a 14 day difference so we're, we're actually on top of on top of the game here so uh, yeah, that's what we'll be talking about today. But before diving in, what about on the mobile news front? Anything new this week? Nothing really specific mobile news related, but React Native released a really excellent blog post. They have some really good blog posts, actually. Aside from the announcement of 0.6.3, they released something um, they're calling React Native Team Principles. And this is pretty interesting. There's a lot of people that are critical of React Native and the team and of Facebook and thinking that they don't care about the end user and they're doing whatever they want to to facilitate their initiatives and all those sorts of things. But they do actually have some really good principles and this blog post outlines those. And it's definitely a good read. Mm-hmm. It might be like a seven minute read. It's it's pretty quick. 
Um, they don't go too in depth on things, but they hit a lot of really key principles. There's five or six little major bullet points. And one is the native experience and they really want to match the expectations people have for each platform. Now that doesn't match expectations people have for React Native, it's for the platform itself. So they're trying to really value the native look and feel over cross-platform consistency. So that was kind of neat and they sort of explained a little bit on how they achieve that based on you know the different components and the different primitives that they, they use. Then they talk about their massive scale. That's actually bullet number two. And if you think about Facebook, they have hundreds of screens in the Facebook app that are actually implemented in React Native and they can get statistics and diagnostics and analytics for all sorts of uses, all sorts of crashes. And it's really interesting when you think about that because they have this huge challenge of just making the app as quick as possible, as responsive as possible. And so they talk about that. The next point is one I can totally relate to and rings true, and that's developer velocity. Mm -hmm. Initially, you think, oh, that's how fast you can write, write apps. And that's part of it because they talk about being able to make changes and having the live reload, the hot refresh. Um, those things happen right away. And they talk about the speed to render and re-render. And I, I added a bullet speed to errors. So you make an error and it renders and the error is on the screen and you know right away you have a problem and you can go fix that. You can also leverage the really fast growing ecosystem. There are packages and plugins and just code everywhere that you can add into your app to help you get building faster and get to your, your MVP of an app and you know get that out as quick as possible. Mm -hmm. Absolutely. Yeah, and then they have a motto, the, the next bullet is every platform and their motto is learn once right anywhere and they really mean anywhere they're really targeting different platforms mobile desktop web tv vr game consoles and more in the future and uh, that's really actually fascinating to me because way back in the day i always wanted to write you know i was a windows person don't hate me <laughs> um and I, I always thought oh that'd be really cool to write windows software and so then you go down this horrible path of trying to build Windows software, but you know, software kind of boring. So you want to build a game and then you need to get a game engine and all this sort of thing. And this is just really cool because it doesn't, React Native doesn't pigeonhole you into one ecosystem or one platform, I guess I mean. Mm -hmm. You can really release your app into an ecosystem. So you can release for mobile and desktop and web and TV and VR and you know, those types of things. You know, that, that's pretty cool that they're targeting and you're able to release on multiple platforms. Yeah. And then the very last one is the declarative UI. And I'm actually just gonna read what they have there for this because um, it'll make the most sense. It says, we don't believe in deploying the exact same user interface on every platform. We believe in exposing each platform's unique capabilities with the same declarative programming model. Our declarative programming model is React, which is really cool. I mean, obviously it's React Native, but there are so many, hmm, I was gonna say similarities, that's not the right word. There's so many facets of React that come down into React Native. Having that huge, huge React ecosystem and community mm -hmm. and all of those driving standards and all those you know, filtered down into React Native. If you are a React developer and you want to develop in React Native, it's super helpful. I was stupid and did not do that. I came right in and I started 
feet on the ground, jumped in the fire, React Native, <laughs> and had never written any React at all. So, you know, if you're smart, you'll you'll do the webby stuff first and then you'll jump into the native development. But, you know, those two working together just really, really make it a strong, strong programming language. And uh, I haven't said it yet, but it is the legitimization <laughs> of React Native, baby. There's that word. There it is. So we're, I will plug that word in multiple times throughout this podcast for sure, because there's some really neat things coming up. <laughs> Yeah, the declarative uh, UI and then the the learn once, write anywhere. The learn once, write anywhere has always been something been a little like stuck on, right? I think like even being able to write with a single code base in iOS and Android app, I'm like, oh, that's like, that's a big deal right there. And I've always been timid with the idea of, um, you know, oh, let's throw web in there or let's start building desktop apps or VR apps, all this kinds of stuff. But I don't know. I've always taken the experience I had like with uh, Meteor.js, which had like a, a core uh, Cordova experience built into it. So the web app I was running was also driving the uh, mobile app and it just it wasn't good. So I've always been hesitant. But like as I'm starting to learn more and see like just how serious they are about building a native platform experience through this declarative model that is React, I'm finally starting to warm up to it after five years of writing React Native day in and day out. So <laughs> I'm hoping that within the next few weeks, I can actually start to try taking my big rebuild of a mobile app that we've been working on and actually start messing around with seeing that on uh, the web. So it'll be interesting to see and actually kind of get over the, the mental hurdles I've got with the, the concept of uh, write once, run anywhere, l learn once, write anywhere, um, and actually kind of see that in practice. Write once, run anywhere was Java. And oh. we, we know how we all feel about that. <laughs> yeah, maybe, maybe that's kind of at, at the core of it. <laughs> yeah. yeah. So learn once, write anywhere is fantastic because you learn you learn how to write React, React Native and then you write it for the platform that you're building. Right. And a majority of that code is identical across platforms. Mm -hmm. And that's that's just fantastic. So you're rewriting to web. Is this the medical app? Yeah. Okay. Oh, that'd be cool. So then, you know, they don't necessarily need to install a device. Is that sort of the plan? Yeah. Basically, like if, if they're working on a computer or whatever it may be, just having quick access to this information that they've got. Um, and we like we've got a web app. It's just it's a completely different code base. It's fallen, I think, years behind at this point. So we're just trying to. And the other side of it, it's a very basic app. It's a master detail view, just done hundreds of times so it, it's a simple ui and it makes sense to kind of just try and share this information uh between the different platforms so we'll, we'll see how it how it plays out oh that's cool yeah yeah, yeah you'll have to keep me posted we'll do do anything uh fun or interesting this past week um i did a thing i <laughs> bought a bed and breakfast so we closed on that down in georgia and that's just been a whirlwind because you know, we met with the owner before we closed and they passed over all the username and passwords for all of these different things. Afterwards, I set up Instagram and I hacked up a part, hacked up a part. Yeah, I hacked up their Facebook page to get that all nice and uh, posted a bunch of things, created a Twitter account. I don't know that our, our audience is really Twitter followers, but, mm -hmm. uh, you know, I just created that anyway, just so we had it. Drove down and back. So I'm back in Pennsylvania. 
Uh, my wife is still down in Georgia. She's learning the ropes of the bed and breakfast and, uh, you know, making breakfast for the guests <laughs> and that sort of stuff. So that's really cool because in the past, the owners weren't living there and the innkeeper didn't really enjoy cooking. So mm-hmm. they would hand out gift cards. So it was really like a bed and gift card. Okay. Not a bed and breakfast. And my wife was like, uh uh-uh, uh, we're cooking. Yeah. So it was great. When I was down there, I had breakfast both mornings. It was nice. fantastic. I normally don't <laughs> eat breakfast and okay. I had some amazing, amazing breakfast. Nice. So I'm definitely going to be gaining some weight. <laughs> yeah. Well, congratulations on uh, closing on that. that that's yeah, exciting times. Yeah. And then the suckiest part, I'm doing the website. Oof. I hate website development. <laughs> I forgot how much I dislike it. Yeah. And I'm sure there's a bunch of people that'd be like, oh, I'll do it. I'll do it. But, you know, we're just trying to keep costs super low. So mm-hmm. uh, I'm doing it now and we'll see what happens. We'll see what happens. Yeah, you got you got to go play with some WordPress or something. Yeah, well, <laughs> I just I I will admit I downloaded a template. I, I bought a template. I oh, yeah. Download a free one. And it's just an SPA. OK. Uh, just a single page. And, you know, for right now, that's great. I can fit everything we need on one page. So what about you? How have things been with you down there? Oh, it's it's hot here. We're just kind of like hunkering down. We're closing all the blinds, just kind of like shutting out the outside world and um, just staying in from the heat. Like my dog, she loves to go outside, but she won't go outside right now. It's just like she walks out, takes care of business, and she's right inside. She does not want to be outside. I don't want to be outside. Um, and then throw on top of that, you know, we're having a big increase in uh, coronavirus virus cases in our area so oh wow we're either i don't know heading towards another quarantine or just i don't know it's crazy so uh, additional uh social distancing has been going on here but you know it works this time of year in in tennessee it's just kind of like a you know i'll just stay inside and enjoy this uh wonderful technology called air conditioning (laughs) i know i know it is unseasonably hot in pennsylvania as well so are they are they adding more restrictions or anything? Like up here, the governor, they reinstated a lot of those restrictions. Small gatherings, bars are shut unless they serve food, you know, those types of things. Yeah. Are those down there too? Um, somewhat. I don't know. It, it's a very um, laxed government, I guess, in this area is a way to put it. But um, we, we do have like a, a countywide mask mandate, which is very weakly enforced. But a big area where I see it is like, you know, volunteering through the fire department outside of just call responses. We do a lot of training and just kind of, you know, we hang out together, Um, but everything's been completely shut down again. So only time we can go do anything fire department related is like when we're actually responding to a call. So outside of my work like that, that's that's a big part of my life that's kind of like shut down again. We had like a month and a half or two months of it a few months back now, but we're, we're seeing that and that kind of that happened before the, the major quarantine kind of stuff started happening last time. So we'll see where it ends up this time. Yeah. And this is not app related at all. But how hot does it get in that? Like when you're at a fire, does it keep a lot of the fire heat off of you or like how does that all work? Yeah. I mean, in, in this kind of weather, like, you know, within 10 minutes of being in the equipment, you can get to the point of like heat exhaustion your core temperature can be up to like 102 within less than 10 minutes i'd say wow it's yeah i mean like it keeps heat out but alongside that it keeps everything inside so it's just like being inside your own little 
200 degree sauna in a you know potentially four to 500 degree room so it's oh. it's not pleasant wow well thanks for doing that and thanks for you know to all the other firefighters my goodness i never really thought about it until you were just talking about that and how hot it's been outside and then in a uniform that's crazy yeah it's well here's hoping you don't have to go fight any fires man right yeah i had i had to put out like a little uh trash fire last night but fortunately i didn't have to put on any equipment everyone else did the work i just worked on the truck it was oh, nice. <laughs> it, it was a good way for that one to turn out for me did you work on the truck or in the truck with the air conditioning i i had to be on the outside but i at least didn't have okay. to be near okay. any flames all right so on to our main topic we're talking about react native 063 and if you remember back to our 062 episode, one neat little component that they released with that was Logbox. And that was a special little screen log error display that, that would pop up. And that was optional in 062. Mm -hmm. And in 063, it is on by default. And they've redesigned it yet again. And it looks amazing. It yeah. really does. They've really done a fantastic job of just consolidating the, the notifications and the error messages into this really nice, elegant design. And I never thought I would say errors were elegant, <laughs> but they really are. I mean, the colors are fantastic. I want to say it's even a different red than 062. Okay. I feel like it, it was a subtler, a subtler red. I don't know. It just... It's really nice. So you got to go check it out. Link is in the show notes to the um, to the article, the blog post on React Native Dev. So you can go take a look at that. They redesigned the warning notifications and added support for errors. So all the console.warn and console.log messages show up as notifications instead of covering your app, which is really cool. And I, I think that that was the main focus of this build of Logbox was to not obstruct your app. Okay. You know, to let you know something is wrong without just being super offensive about it because that's how i felt before you get that red screen before. right or you know the yellow box pops up and you need to dismiss four or five warnings depending on what you're doing just to see the screen mm -hmm. so this is just they do this really really well there are code frames so every error and warning now includes a code frame that shows the source code of the log right inside the app so you can see exactly what's going on and it allows you to quickly identify the source of the issue. So there's they're surfacing more information for you now. Interesting. Based based on those errors. I'll be interested to see how that works with something with like uh, React Navigation because I feel like that, I don't know, muddies things up a little bit, but having these code frames sounds really interesting. Right. So yeah, th this will be interesting to see how this like works out in um, larger apps. Excited to yeah, see we it. should build an app and break it yeah specific ways to hit uh, each one i'm, I'm good at breaking bullets. the apps if you want to build it i'm great at breaking it so uh, okay all right <laughs> well i've seen my code so it, i'm probably going to hit each one of these while i'm building it <laughs> so next they have a component stack and basically uh, the all component stacks are now stripped from the error messages so remember how you would get like this or i guess it's a stack for a better word of lines all about the component and you could you know, if you knew what you were doing, kind of you could trace from the bottom up to see where it was going to surface and whatever. And it was just super clutter. Mm -hmm. And they've removed that, which is great because okay. and I think that's the another big push of this version of Logbox is just a clean interface to see what's going wrong. They have some stack frame collapsing in there. So depending on the different types of things that you've done wrong in your app that are surfacing these errors, 
different types of errors and different frames will show up in this thing. You can collapse these so you can you know, just have a little more screen real estate, expand them, you know, do whatever you need to. Okay. There's also syntax error formatting, which is interesting. I can't wait to see this. There wasn't a screenshot specifically of this, but it sounds like they're actually going to do some syntax highlighting in your errors. So maybe you'll be able to see the source of the error easier. Interesting. So that'd be neat. How? <laughs> I'm just going down through the blog post, but I'm sure once I'm in this and actually seeing how this is working, it's going to really click and make sense. Right. And then with Logbox, this version, they have a couple new APIs. So you know how you'd always do yellowbox.ignore, yellowbox ignore warnings. I think that's what it was. They mm -hmm. have logbox ignore logs and logbox ignore all logs. So you can okay. shut this down. It's super elegant. Like I'm actually really looking forward to making bad code. <laughs> that sounds really stupid, but it, it'll be a nice, it'll be a nice change from the nasty, nasty error things that we've had in the past. Right. And the information we've had to deal with. And then, you know, tag flipper onto that and you should have all the information you need to uh, fix your problems. It, this, it's one of those areas where React Native is just uh, legitimizing itself as a platform where yes. we're getting, you know, Flipper, which is a great development tool. I've been using it more and more in my day-to-day uh, -day work. Logbox, which is just kind of like, you know, bringing to surface the, the errors before you have to go and actually debug them. Um, I'm really excited for like this concept of log notifications rather than the full screen warnings. Now we're mm -hmm. just, we just need iOS to do that for phone calls so that I can keep using my phone while some <laughs> spammer right. is calling me. Yes. Oh my gosh. Oh my gosh. Feature request. Yeah. Upvote, upvote, upvote. <laughs> oh man, that would be fantastic. Uh, I've been waiting for years and years. I don't know that it'll, it'll ever get there. We'll see though. That would be really wild. Of course, Android probably already does that. But right, yeah, but iOS has to invent it. Yep. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Uh, so another thing that's coming up in 063 is a new core API called Pressable. And if you remember back to, I think it was episode 7, where we talked about all the different touchable components, Pressable is kind of a spot where it's a little bit more underlying, kind of more along the lines of like a touchable without feedback, but it's giving us more information. So... The idea with Pressable is to allow us to really start using a primitive that works better on other platforms on uh, web, for example, where there's the idea of like a hover state, which doesn't really exist in native land, right? It's either pressed or not pressed. So this is an area where we, we have access to, you know, are we hovering? Is this pressed? Is it not pressed? These different states, and we can really decide how exactly we want to uh, interact with that versus just having to use whatever touchable opacity or highlight does and just having to live with that it's another area where react native, react native really wants to legitimize itself as a, a platform that works on other platforms to actually build components i can't wait to use this as well mm -hmm. this looks really really nice so after pressable we have something that is interesting to me i don't know if i'm a fan yet or not but it's platform color so it's an API call. So as a developer, we, we talked about in an episode, I guess it was 062 actually, we talked about the appearance API and the accessibility mm -hmm. info APIs and how you can go get the dark or light settings, contrast settings, those types of things. And you need to make these API calls and they're a little costly to go grab that information out of the device and obviously involve extra code. Well, platform color is a, essentially a function call if you want to think of it like that. And it can be used as a color in your style. 
Okay. I'm going to try to explain this. It's a little difficult without actually seeing it in, in code. And there is a code block in, in the doc. Say, for example, iOS has a native system color called label color. So if you've ever played with Objective-C, you know, that's, that's one of the attributes over on the panel and you set the label color. And that's the literal color name that gets set. Well, you can use this platform color and it's basically you have your style equal bracket bracket color colon platform color and then in parentheses and single quotes label color. So basically this API call goes and gets the value set for label color on the device. Okay. So it's a way to drill down into those device settings. And this particular one is specifically for colors. So would label color be something that is a system defined thing or something that you would be defining through Xcode, like in the native project? I think it's a system set. Color. Okay. Okay. That makes sense. I think sense it's system. Then. So you're getting like the system variables. Okay, cool. Looking at the code for iOS, it's fairly straightforward. When you look at the code for Android, so Android, <laughs> they use another example called color button normal. All right, they have it being set for background color. So they have platform color. And then they have parentheses, single quote, a question mark, ATTR forward slash color button normal. So apparently on Android, they have these system settings in an attributes tree or folder or however that's structured. Mm -hmm. So it's, it's a little kludgy looking. Yeah. And I don't. I don't know that I like that yeah. because now I can't use the same signature for platform color to go get an Android color the same as I do for iOS. Right. You know, yeah. you could potentially say iOS variable name, label color, Android variable name, color button normal, and then platform color, iOS variable. You know what I mean? Like you can yeah. figure out which one of those to set, but now you need to add this question mark ATTR probably for attribute forward slash in front of it. And I don't know, I don't know that I like that. Yeah, it's, it's um, I don't know, I, I can't really see using platform color alone. I, I imagine using kind of like a platform dot select alongside it to determine yeah, which, yeah. which one am I going to have to use. But from my understanding, I think the benefit of using this, like this is just, you know, blog post. I don't know jack about this stuff, but the label color, if it's a system property, if someone has, you know, a high contrast theme or I, I don't know what the the appropriate term would be there but you know maybe they have a light theme or a dark theme or um, high high contrast different variables that a user can set on their system so the device works best for them by using this platform color you're grabbing whatever values they're supplying right but on that front i i feel like it's also like a all or nothing like you can't just use label color you need to opt into using exactly. all the different system variables so that it actually all works together yeah and i don't I'm know feeling like that's going to be a massive code yeah exactly so this will be an interesting thing to see like once it's in uh practice because i don't know i haven't used anything like this so i don't really know i don't know yeah what it what it actually looks like in the real world it might be interesting to see once someone has an actual app instead of this little block of code example. right yeah figure out what those patterns are around it yeah they also have dynamic color ios and this is obviously ios specific and what this does is this allows you to set your colors for dark and light mode if your phone is in dark mode or light mode you don't have to take a default black or white you can actually set it to like a light blue and a dark blue 
or something like that. So you can override the actual color value for the dark and light theme, which I would probably use more than I would platform color. Yeah, but the downside is it's only iOS, right? So right, yeah, yeah, interesting. So what? But what? What I I'm I'm doing the black hat in me is seeing that I could set my light mode to be a dark mode and my dark mode to be a light mode just to like mess with anyone who opens up my app in the middle of the night. You absolutely could do that. That's what I'm taking from this. So that, that'll be... You slime ball, that's a good thing. <laughs> this is why we can't have nice things. That's right. Yeah, so you click on this, this uh, deep link and it goes and resets a value in the app that swaps those two colors. So then in the middle of the night, you get 90,000 candle watts of light in your face. Right. Oh... <laughs> uh, yeah. Okay. So moving along, they're dropping support for iOS 9 because nice. it's really holding them back. It sounds like this will decrease the number of compatibility checks that they need to wor worry about when releasing new versions and whatever. And interestingly enough, it looks like iOS 9 has 1% of market share. So they're not really expecting any kind of repercussions from this. Yeah. Unfortunately, people are going to have to upgrade. I don't want to sound all crass about it, but uh, you know, you got to keep up to date. Yeah. security fixes and all that sort of stuff. Right. And like that's one of the great things about iOS is they've managed to build a system in place where unlike another platform we may be building apps for, when a new update comes out for iOS, people download that and adopt it immediately even if they hate the flat design or the uh, whatever it may be like the new morphic design. Yeah. yeah, new morphic design exactly. And I think that's one of those nice things about iOS and Apple having such a controlled hardware environment. We know it's going to work so we don't have to worry about updating it. Then we see a, a version that's, what, four years behind what we currently are, only has 1% of the market share. And I guarantee 99% of that 1% is probably like AT&T sales reps out there trying to <laughs> you know, sell you poor internet, whatever it may be. Oh, that's great. They're probably not going to use your app anyway, so it's all Exactly, good. right. They're going to use their app. That's a website that doesn't work on anything, but you know they'll be at your house for six hours trying to get your... Uh, internet up and running again. Wow, but sounds like we I, hit a I button. <laughs> button pressed. Yeah. Wow. Touchable uh, highlight. <laughs> <laughs> so let me let me ask you about this next thing in our notes. Um, I was not aware that this was possible, and maybe maybe this isn't or hasn't been possible. But 063 now supports rendering a view inside a text component without an explicit size. Could you actually put a view in a text component if you specified a size? I have no idea and I don't know why. Yeah, I don't know why you would do that either. Like semantically, it doesn't make sense in my brain. Exactly, yeah, that's the issue, right? I'm not gonna put a, a div inside of a, a P tag, for example. So I don't know, it was, um, I saw this, this note and I was just like, there, there's gotta be some reason for this, but I don't know what it is, so. If that has been the biggest pain for React Native for you since you tried using it, now you can put a view component inside of a text component without explicitly setting its size. Ta-da! <laughs> I don't know. Ta-da, there you go. <laughs> Your day just got better. Yeah. Uh, yeah, the final thing I think we've gotten here is that iOS launch screens, and this is something I, I completely missed, but starting April 30th of 2020, you had to upload your app to the App Store with a storyboard file for your launch screen rather than an XIB file, which has been the default since React Native came out. And basically with 0.6.3, that's flipping. Storyboard will be your default, so you don't have to make any changes. So that's cool. I didn't realize that, and I don't know how my apps are being uploaded because I don't know that I ever changed it off of the default one, uh, default launch screen. So that, that's mm. cool. That's one of those things. It's just like it lowers the boundary for you 
you know, initializing an app, building it, and uh, publishing that app to the App Store. So that's that's cool that that's been updated because, you know, React Native, in terms of Facebook or a lot of these larger companies, right? They're not initializing new React Native apps often, if ever. So this is one of those things where it's just kind of like for the community that this was actually adopted. And you know, obviously, there's people outside of Facebook that are doing amazing, incredible work in React Native. But anyways, this is a nice little um, template starter change that they've done. Yeah, and I need to get a React Native School plug in here for you. I think you have a storyboard something. Is it a tutorial or a blog post, or do you have a course on using storyboard? Um, I remember yes. seeing that come through on in the Slack. Yeah, I think I wrote a, a blog post on it a while back. It was a blog post? Yeah, I believe so. I think Okay. one of my early ones, um, just figuring out like how to... <laughs> It's like one of the few things I know how to do in Xcode is like, how do I actually display an image on a storyboard? And yeah, I think maybe through that process, it's just like doing that alone converts that XIB into a storyboard to get it to actually render. All right, and yeah, that pretty much sums up React Native 063 at the high level. As always, there's always you know tons and tons of stuff that actually goes into each one of these releases. So if you wanna dive in further, we've got a link to the changelog in the show notes. Um, it's always interesting to see what goes into this and kind of the evolution of a platform. Yeah, and if you really want to learn more about React Native, just dive into one of those items on the change log mm -hmm. with the thought, I wonder why they did this. Because there's a reason you can typically figure that out if you dive deep enough. Yeah, definitely. Actually, speaking of that, that's um, something I've been doing with React Navigation this last week. Have you? Is, yeah, there was the tab navigator I, in, my, in the app I'm working on. I I need to switch between views where the tab bar is visible and it's not visible. And it would, I upgraded it and it started animating for some reason whenever I would hide and display it. So I wanted to basically change that behavior. So it was, it was an interesting thing, diving through the commits, figuring out why they did this, and then actually making a modification so that a user could go ahead and customize the duration that animation could take. And it was, it was just a cool way to kind of figure out more of this library that drives a lot of my app and yeah i think it i'll have be able to write better code and it was a good way actually for me to mess around with a little bit of typescript without me having to set up all the uh, plumbing behind the scenes to get to work i got yes. to just write typescript and kind of see all the benefits and it's actually pretty cool there you go cool so are you going to submit like a pull request then so people yeah. can are you seriously yeah i've got a pull request open uh, oh dude that's awesome yeah. That's fantastic. I mean, it's literally like, it's three lines. They made it really easy. So it was... yeah, but still, I mean, that's pretty cool. Yeah. Yeah. It's a, Hey, no matter how small the feature is, if you've got a change for the library, open up a, a pull request and who knows, maybe it'll end up in there. If not, you'll learn something in the process. Yeah. Well, you have to let us all know if uh, that gets accepted. Yeah, we'll do. All right. Well, that'll do it for this episode. Number 10 double digits until next week. We got, a special, we got a special episode coming up next. I'm really excited. I'm really, really excited, people. Yeah, it's You're going to love it. Yep. It is going to be unlike anything we've done before. <laughs> I can honestly say that. That's right. All right. Well, take it easy, guys. Yep. Thanks so much for listening. We'll see you next time. Bye-bye. Thank you for listening. You can get show notes and leave comments at reactnativenerds.com.